Welcome everyone to the Wood from the Trees podcast. My name is David Cuddy, my fellow producer and helper and just all around great guy with a tight little ass. <laughs> Alan Clark. <laughs> the first thing people are going to ask is how do you know that you've tight little arse? Yeah. Squares into that jeans. Because you've never seen it. It was squeak. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I had true an egg ad, it had broke on impact of your ass. Oh, it's just a pity the majority of your followers are men. Yeah, it's, there's not that many women, but I'm going to claim them really, really fast. Not them physically, just in numbers, because they're all going to want to hear what I have to say. 100%. 100%. This is Gary. Gary is the man that built this podcast room, and he's going to help me along the way. Tell us a little bit about the podcast room. Well, Gary, that's your baby. You built the podcast room. I wanted to do a podcast. I've wanted to do my own podcast for ages. Um, I just felt that I couldn't say what I wanted to say or speak freely. I always felt restricted on the social media platforms that I was using. It was, it's actually getting, I don't know what I can say or what I should say. And then when I say stuff and then. But is, what, is part of that you, you actually saying the wrong things? I, no, it's not. Like sometimes I'm just having a conversation or I'm chatting with the lads. And then at the end of the day, I upload stuff and then I wake up next morning and something's gone or it's removed. And I, I, I cannot remember what I've done. <laughs> and then you, you, like TikTok, I, I don't even post on that anymore. Like it doesn't matter what you do on that, you seem to be getting removed for stuff. And Instagram is the same. Even if I mention something about needles or injections or COVID, even if it's in a positive way, that would be removed. So I just, there's no point. Right. There's no point. You know, you use social media. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to get negative comments on everything. So I just wanted something that I thought I'd have a little bit more freedom and that I could have long form conversations with people. And uh, I want to give other people the option to have a setup like this. So if I want to do something, I try to do something the best way I can. And I wanted to peg a few pound at it. I'm sure Gary's a genius at building stuff. So we built this and I'm going to do a podcast once a week. Let's visualize this room for people now that aren't watching the video. So on one wall, we have a, a red brick effect and a, uh, was that, is that an upcycled door, Gary? Yeah. So just uh, got a standard door and tarnished it. So we kind of torched it to darken it. And then I just kind of aerosol sprayed it in and then reheat it with a gas torch. And I gave that distorted look. We're trying to distort, you know, all the, the look of the place to make it kind of original and old. Cool. And where did they come from anywhere? Have they got a story, those doors? Um, that one doesn't. That's the original. But this one here came out of the Westwood Hotel when they were demolishing it. I salvaged the door there. Oh, cool. The things that door has seen. Yeah. It's hit right into that joke has seen. <laughs> <laughs> Every hotel room has seen it. When, when you came and looked at this podcast room the very first day, and the first thing you said was the chairs. They're yeah. a problem. Yeah. And now I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was saying that they're rocking chairs. So anyone that's nervous, the first thing they're going to do is start rocking. Mm. So you're rocking like this and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in and out. But uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. I wonder how many times that door was knocked on. I'd say a good few times. Housekeeping. <laughs> it was never knocked on by me. Housekeeping. Do you stay in a lot of hotels? No, I'd like to stay in more hotels. I was listening to your podcast and you seem like a well-traveled man. Uh, I used to do a good bit of traveling, but um, no, I love, like, I love staying in, I studied hotel management, so I get a real kick out of staying in hotels, but it's not like anyone else, like, I don't stay in them for the riding. You pick, uh, no, I, no, I, no. I stay in them for the experience. I'm I love, listening to your podcast now, it's all dating, and you're, <laughs> you're putting yourself out there yeah. now, you want it, such you want a, bad. Such a, such a smell of want. Ah, no, it's not. No, I do, I enjoy the experience of staying in hotels. Do you? No. A few weeks ago, you stayed in a dear manor and I was laughing because you were um, wearing the David Cuddy hoodie everywhere, mm. even down for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. And that like that's something I'd be very self-conscious kind of saying, geez, I can't wear a hoodie down to breakfast in a dear manor. I'd have to wear what I like. What was that like? Oh, that was beautiful. Like that was really nice. Did you I, feel like a fish out of water? I did kind of. But I always do in a hotel. Or but I, ne I never feel at home in a hotel. Now, that was really, really nice. But when you go to hotels when you're not used to them, you're there. Oh, what do I do now? Like, what do you see? Stay in the room. You have to spend all this money. Am I supposed to stay here? Am I supposed to? What do I do? Did you have a bath? No. 
Did you not? No, I didn't. She have to have a bath when you're uh, we were busy. If so Denise run the water, it, it, it was a it wedding. <laughs> we, arri- we arrived down and then we were brought up to the hotel room and then you're looking around the hotel room and everyone does that when they go in. Oh, look at this. Look at that. Look at this. And then you're walking around the grounds. You'd never see enough down there. Like, it's, it's huge. Did you take the little shampoos and conditioners home with you? No, no. I bet you. I bet you Vicky did. I didn't. She definitely did. I didn't. No way. <laughs> I, I don't care what I wash myself with. Come here, I have to ask you, where did it start? Where did the whole David Cuddy thing start? When, what was the first platform you went on to? Facebook. So I work in forestry and I was on a page called Forestry Machine Operators Blog. And every so often they do competitions and you just do a few videos. And I used to post a few videos. People on that kind of like them. What kind of videos? Like just, just the machine? Funny, no, just funny videos, just messing. But I couldn't because it was a private page. I, people were there. Oh, share it, share it. I said, can't. It's not. It's not on my page. So I just started my own page and I just shared an odd funny video. I used to do sketches and stuff, and it just they became big. What kind of sketches? Like you were pretending to be a character, was it? Yeah, just different characters. Just different funny characters. And that's how it started. And then it sort of morphed into just me chatting and documenting my day. And th- that's another reason that I started doing this. Like, I had to stop doing all my characters, all the sketches. Like, they were just getting blocked the whole time. Do you use the characters as an outlet? Yeah, I, at the start it was just a bit of crack. Yeah, but is that you kind of portraying how you feel at the moment through a character? Oh, no. So were, like, you, were you like giving it to somebody no, through the character? No. It was just taking the piss out of the way we all go on. Right. You know, like I had one where it was uh, Irish Bob. I used to call him Irish Bob. And uh, I, I would do these videos and I laugh at myself. So I would be looking at it and I'd, if I'm crying laughing, looking at this, I'd be there, I'm putting this up. This would be, this would be great crack. And it was. And they, they were huge videos. Like they were getting a million views and stuff on Facebook. And then like this, once you, once you get past a certain amount of followers, it all closes down. Everything closes down and everything that you do, you're getting in trouble for. Yeah. And like, I never expected all that. And I didn't, I didn't realize that media was such a minefield and I didn't know it was so crooked. And I didn't know that you can't actually have an opinion. And, and it's, it's really frustrating for me. It's really, I find it really frustrating that you, in, in the modern world now, when everyone is supposed to be so educated that you can't have an opinion and you can't have a, a view on something. And if, the other person doesn't agree with the view. You're demonized for just having a view. It's just a view. It's just if me and you were having a conversation, we could have a normal conversation. Add 6,000 people to it. It's fuck, oh, you're bigger. Yeah, it's interesting because we're in social media every day and we kind of see what's happening and we know what's happening. But the people that have a Facebook page or an Instagram page at home and they only have like their friends and family on it, they don't know really what's going on in the background. No. And what you mean by that is you had one video that kind of went and got a million views and the second video got two million views and the third video got 10,000 views Mm. where something happened to your page where they said, right, that's it now. These videos aren't going viral anymore. Yeah. And you're not making that up. You're not sitting here and it's not a case of, well, you know, somebody listening to this might go, well, maybe that video was shit and it didn't get 10,000 views, but it's not. Yeah. There's something going on in the background to stop your page growing and getting the detraction that it used to have. Mm. And, and another thing that I, I, saw, I found really, really strange was you have Instagram now. What, how long is it since that started just really bouncing? Like, really bouncing? Um, six months. Six months. Six or eight months, yeah. Right. So six or eight months and it grows really fast. I grew all my pages really, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, Instagram really quickly up to 50,000. Then once I got to 50,000, boom, that was it. I was the same. And it was because I got two or three warnings and for videos that were, and I mean harmless, like literally harmless. And then you're posting and you're like, "Mm, I don't think I can post that now. So when you think of something that you just want to entertain someone and it turns into, no, I can't do it. I can't do that now. So all I'm left with is just documenting my day, <laughs> giving my little opinion on something. And you're, you're having a conversation and it's, it's just an opinion. And you have these messages to come in. And it, I swear, if you were the type of person that listened to what people say, you'd cap yourself. Yeah. And I, I worry <laughs> about young people. I, I would hate to be a young man growing up now yeah like i i don't know how like what age are you 37 Thir- 37 are you 37 yeah i'm 37 and you're 
What age are you? I'm 42. But you're 37 and you have your head well screwed on. I've, no, you've been working. I've listened to your podcast and I've, I've got to know your kind of story. I've got to know you. So you've, you've always had your head screwed on that you knew what you had to do and what you had to do to get to that stage. But not every person is like that. Not most young men. If you were to listen to young men now, got their heads up their holes, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's, it's, it's mental. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I don't look at it like that. I don't look at it like I knew what I had to do. I look at it like a lad that was trying everything up until he was 30 or 35. I had no clue what I wanted to do. Yeah, but you were I trying everything. Just trying it, yeah. You're, you were doing, you weren't waiting for stuff to happen to you. Yeah. That, that's the problem. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And come here, you know your DMs that you get. How do you deal with them? Because lately I find it really, really difficult. Don't look at them. When you get your DMs, you're, you're gonna, you have the people that normally message you. They're in your DMs. And then you have the other side where they requested their call. Yeah. So you'll see the first line. You, you can get a fair idea for the first few. If they start with, hi, Alan, I don't go into them. Yeah. that's usually... It's, it's two things. It's someone telling you that you're a cunt. <laughs> or it's someone saying, hello, you interact and they ask you for something. Or it's someone telling you that you're the problem with the world right now. Like I was, and not a lot of things shocked me. Like not a lot of things shocked me, but I have got messages that blew my mind. Like, Go on, give us an example. Uh, just over having an opinion or saying something that was clearly a joke. It, it's obviously, and, and this is the problem with making videos and people sharing your stuff. I never do something or boost something and want other people to watch because what happens is a volume of people that don't know you see your video, look at, make an instant decision. This is a misogynist prick. I hate him. Yeah. And would go through the trouble and get so worked up that they would wish death on your family, your kids, your wife, hope they get raped. Like, I mean, did that happen? That has happened. Vicious stuff. Vicious stuff. I did a video one time, total skit. I was even using filters on my face, the difference between an Irish man walking a dog (laughs) and an English man walking a dog. It was a joke. It, it was a joke and I was just putting on a posh vice and this guy was going to find out where I lived. He was going to break into my home. The things he was going to do to my I know, children. but like from knowing David Cody off the podcast, right, you you tell these stories as if they're nothing, you know, and you say, oh, all I did is I put up a video of an Englishman and an Irishman and then this man was going to kill me. Hmm. But then when you break it down, right, so I have a story <laughs> that you were telling me a few months ago. Were you in a room full of women? Yeah. And it was only women in the room. And you said, well, it's like this, girls. We can only piss with the dicks we have. We can only piss with... Yeah. I do, <laughs> I do say, like, I do but say... But you came home to me and you said, that's all I said. Yeah, yeah. That's all I... All I said was, all we could do was piss with the dicks we have. Now, I th- yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> I think that because I grew up in a certain way with certain people, I'm the same. We, the first time I met you, I, I'm me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to pretend to be anyone. And <laughs> words are just words and there has to be intent behind them. So like if you're uh, in a room with people, they know you. People know that there's no harm yeah. in certain things that you say. But now there's words like people say the maddest things and there's nothing about it. If you're in a certain like you can't say anything now without offending someone. No, but there's people that just want that are going out of their way to look to be offended. That's how can I be offended today? How can I be offended? But, today? but is there not a minute like do you you know when you're sitting in this room and you're surrounded by these beautiful women and like does it does it not flash up in your mind for a second? Right. The word piss. Dick, no, women. But see the context. You're, you're thinking about context. So I'm in a room with these women and we're chatting about this thing that we have to do. Right. And they're telling me that oh, we're not going to be able to do that. Like, well, can you do this? And get, we can do that. What if we, we're not able to get this done? I said, look, we can only piss with the mickey we have. <laughs> so it, and, and, and then I breezed on to the next bit and then you're just looking at the faces. <laughs> but it, it's like yesterday when, you, when you're dealing, I'm not used to dealing with the people because of what I do now, I opened up doors and opportunities and you're talking to people that you're not normally used to talk to. I am a forestry man. I grew up, I'm in the cab of a machine since I was 17 years of age, talking to my brothers and people that do the same thing as me. And then all of a sudden you're talking to, you're in a world where people think that something magical happens just because instead of uh, three people listening to me, there's 1.8 million. I, I, I can't not be me. It's like when I'm asked to do ads, you work in marketing, 
you're asked new ads and you think oh this sounds good this is yeah that's f- money this this is great and then there's a list yeah. of this stuff that you can can't say and i can't, can't do it yeah i can't do it and 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 it stops you from making money and then i'm there i'm not gonna do that then I'll, I'll sell my own clothes and then i can still actually be me and then the farther you get down the road i, I worry about people so like when you get all these messages from people and there's a lot of people message me and you do go into the messages and you get to know them you get to and you'll see after a while like people that really suffer and that's been the most positive part of all this for me yeah where you're there and you think your life's hard and you think your life's stressful we all do it's all relative and then you talk to this person that's peg feeding their five-year-old waiting for that child to die and they get through their lives yeah they're getting through their lives the very same as i am people that actually have problems and they're the people that message you tell you you're doing mighty keep it lit they're, they're the people honestly yeah 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 and, and you're then you listen to this fucking dickhead that's messaging you been thinking the world's again them and they've never done anything and that's not a reference just pulled out of the air i often get messages like that yeah where people say like i'm on i'm just sitting outside the icu or i my daughter is here real and she's shit terminal yeah and what you said or what you done really picked me up today mm. you know they're yeah. they're yeah real and then young men when i was when i was younger when i was uh say i i there was a stage in my life where i had just met a real shit of everything. I had fucked up everything. And I was in a bad place. No, I'm not saying I wasn't depressed and I didn't want to kill myself. Not anything like that. I was just really, really going through a hard time. Wasn't paying my bills. I was working hard. Everyone was falling apart on me. Car, no, I lost my car. I was driving shit cars to work. I was barely paying my mortgage. Every night I'd go to bed and I'd think, oh, what am I going to do? Who do I ring tomorrow to sort this shit out? And blaming everyone. Blaming everyone. Yeah. It was my fault. And I had to get myself out of that. And the only way you get out of that is realize it is your fucking fault. And you just have to keep going. And you have years where you go, right, this isn't getting any easier. This is really hard. And you stay working all the time. Like I worked seven days a week. I worked St. Stephen's Day. I just said working, working, working. And I used to wish. Imagine if I had social media where I wasn't watching these fantastic stories. Everyone you talk to, look at from a gym. or I was fat. I was really fat. Fatter than I am now. Like really, really fat. And you're looking at people on Instagram going, oh, look, you just have to make time. You know, you just have to, you know, get it done. Yeah, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm driving two hours to Galway. I'm doing 12, 13 hours of machine. I'm driving home. I'm trying to put my kids to bed, have a relationship with my wife. No, it's not that easy. And you're watching people thinking, oh, oh my God. When everything's fake and everything you see online is fake and there's no one out there telling young men, look, you have to, you have to go through hardship. And the reason you're pissed off and depressed is because you need to take a load on. You need responsibility. You need to do something even though it's hard, because everything you do is hard. And, and the media is lying to everyone about the way life is supposed to be. Life's supposed to be hard. We're lying to young women about the importance of careers and how important that is. Yeah, careers are perfect. Not a lot of good when you have to buy a dog and die alone. When you're t- 40, 50. And well, all these women that are messaging me, we can't find men. These really nice women. You, get, you have to get that as well. These 35, 40-year-old women. Really good looking, careers coming out of art, money, <laughs> lonely. I, I get that all the time. And these are lovely women. Yeah. And it's all, be, and young men, and they capping themselves by the thousands and not worried about it. And come here, like, where did the realisation come from that you said to yourself, well, I have to pull myself out of this? Like, you just didn't wake up one morning and say, right, that's it, I'm fed up doing this. Did you go and talk to somebody? No. Uh, my wife, Vicky, helped. Um... It, it all kind of started... Was there a moment? Is there yeah, there was. A moment? I, I, didn't, I haven't talked about it too much. It was drugs. You were doing drugs? I, no, I'd done DMT one night by accident. DMT? Yeah. What's that? I thought it was hash or something. Okay. I was in the Czech Republic. All right. And at this time now, I was just... I was chasing my tail. My life was a mess. I, 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 I was always going out with the wrong women. I, I, I just... My life was a mess. Chasing fast cars and fast women. Fast cars, fast women. Not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Not knowing what... what I was always working forestry, but didn't know if I liked it or not. And right. Because I, I was expecting this perfect life to come to me. But you just have to... 
But yeah, anyway, long story short, I took a drag of this stuff one day and I swear to God. I never heard of it. It's, I didn't know what it was then either, but it blew my mind. It, I, I, it was a horrible experience. It was the most terrifying. I'm not condoning drugs here, by the way. I'm just saying that I took this stuff and it just, I didn't know who I was for six months. Six months? For six months, I was barely hanging on to reality. For, for six months. What? I didn't know who I was. I, 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 I knew who I was, but I literally didn't think that the world I live in now was real. I thought the world I was after going to for what felt like an eternity was the real world. But it never happened to me before and I didn't know so, that. hang on now a second. You're in the Czech Republic and you take a drag at this DMT. Yeah, never, I didn't know. Right, I, never heard of it. At this time, I didn't know what this was. Okay, that's fair enough. I thought it, were just, it was just hash. Or so then you went off on this trip and you were like, oh, Jesus, man, this is... I can't even explain it. This is what the experience was like. This, you, you can imagine that. You, you, do you ever do hash rent? No, never. Right, well, it just, you know, just calms you down or it speeds up time. or Everyone has a different experience with it, right? And I was just expecting that, to feel a bit giggly or something. Yeah. And then it was like, this world dissolved. And then I was in this place where there was nothing. And then there was this like lizard woman that wrapped herself around me <laughs> and ripped me apart and started telling me all the things that were wrong with me. Can't explain it. It was the most real thing that I ever experienced. Right. And then like that, it was over. And I was back in this room with these fucking weird cunts in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Wondering, what the fuck am I doing? So you'd come down then at this stage. Was it? Yeah, it was only 15 minutes, but it felt like forever. Right. But that had an effect on you for six months? Yeah, for six months, every so often I'd have these little panic attacks. I wouldn't think I was real. And then I came home from the Czech Republic. Now, did, this time... Did you ever go to a doctor about it? No, no, I was afraid. Because right. where I'm from, if if anyone thought you'd done a puff of fucking hash, they'd think you're a drug addict. Yeah. So, I came home. Life's still a mess. And I was talking to a few people and they were going, Oh, lad, that's, that's DMT. I said, what the fuck's that? Right. They're going, oh, that's, that's some heavy shit. But you're going to have to do it again. And I was in no fucking way. Right. Three more months passed. And I'm like, this, this isn't, I, I am a mess. I was having panic attacks in the machine. Like, Did you ever have a panic attack before that? Never. I didn't even know what, at this time, I, this is back in 2006. I didn't know what a panic attack was. Yeah. And, uh, but I'd be driving the machine and next thing, my heart started beating. And I'd be looking at the crane and it'd feel like it was real far away. And I'd be like, what? Next thing I'd start thinking, oh, fuck, this isn't real. Not real. Panic attack. Like, I, I'd have to get out of the machine, turn it off, sit down, chill the fuck out. And bring myself back a little. And anyway, it took me ages to get another hit of it and I was terrified but all these people that had done it had told me this is what you have to do so I went to a friend's house sat down and they were minding me and I did it again and it changed my life like I, it, it literally changed my life I was ready for it and it just took me away and it just it, it was just the most mind blowing experience and it was like, I heard someone describe it before. It was like a desktop and you just delete all the files. And then when you turn it back on, there's just one file that says David's old shit. And then I just moved on. And, and I knew that all my problems were my own. The only person that was going to sort it was me. I had met Vicky a couple of times and it, it, it never really went to anything. And... But that was your fault, obviously. Cause my fault, yeah. Didn't have your shit together. Yeah, and I just knew that she was the woman. I just, I just knew. And when Vicky got with me, like, I had nothing. Like, we were, like... She was getting together with a bum. A bum. Like, I had, I had nothing. I went from having 70 grand cars and I'd, I'd lost everything. And we just worked and worked and worked. And when Lily came, that just bumped it up again. It was like, now I've this to mind. And, I, and guys, people say that it's love at first sight with kids. It's, it's, it's fear at first sight. Yeah. But you're responsible for this thing. And it just makes you work harder and harder. And then I'm realizing, fuck, it's responsibility. It's meaning. It's something other than yourself. 
and you just have to get up and you just have to go. But there's a slim line between knowing that and not knowing that. And it wasn't drugs that made me realise that. It was the, the, the accepting all that responsibility. Stop worrying about yourself. Because men and women are different. And men need meaning. They need responsibility. I think. Um, all I see now is uh, young men that just need something. They need something. They need something to work towards. And everyone now thinks that you don't. That everything's supposed to be easy. You see it all the time. I see it all the time. And it's uh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I would say men and women are are not as different as they used to be. And I'd say they're nearly merging into... I think they're getting farther and farther apart. In what sense? From what I see, uh, women still look for a traditional man. Right. But they're not traditional women. Ooh. Not, if you even said to a woman that she was traditional, she'd be offended. What do you mean tra- traditional? What does that what, mean? What, like, would you, what, would you, what would you call traditional? Not doing the no pants dance until you get married. No, no, no. I'm talking about... Staying uh, at home wife. Uh, uh, women now that are career driven yeah. and are really highly educated will look down on a woman that is minding their kids at home. Oh, God. They, they would think they, haven't <laughs> for, they have not fulfilled their potential. I don't know. I think I think they might. I think they might do that, and they might say it, and they might speak it. But deep down, I'd say they're, so they're you, jealous. You, you have a different. You see. You you see a different side of I women think, than I do. I think they're jealous because they're out. There might be a bit of jealousy in it behind it all that they don't get that time. I'm not going to work, and I'm going to stay at home with my kids. See, I, it's fine to do that. If everyone has their their paths, yeah. And, but but don't look down on someone else's path. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, like, I have, there's, I know women. I know so many women. The arguments we'd have. And I don't know any, so I and don't we, and talk. They would, these are women that have been facilitated by their father that broke their back to keep them in college for eight, nine years to do a course that they never got a job out of. And they would turn around and say, men are misogynist pigs and they're useless. And they would have a father like that. And 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 I yeah. think how how is that possible? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one, and I don't know. I think we'd need a we'd need a female in the room to go into that exactly in further detail. Exactly, I'm but not, I think but I think there's an awful lot of that with men as well because I was going through a similar situation in my life where I didn't know where I wanted to, what I wanted to do, and what I wanted to be, and then I was approached to become a manager of Aldi, but because. I had no experience. I had only a bit of hotel management behind me. I had to start at the bottom, which meant sitting on a till. Mm. scanning fucking cucumbers and asparagus mm. all day long and people come in the door and they're like oh there's Alan Clark sitting on the till did you see Alan Clark's on the till in Aldi and you had this sense of everyone looking down at you going huh that's, this is where you ended up mm. do you know but six months later eight months later I was the assistant manager of the store yeah but I don't I don't know if it's a male female no thing. that's a male thing as well that's an Irish thing I think it's a it's definitely an Irish that's thing that's an Irish thing yeah. I'm talking about when it comes to females I'm talking about the, the difference in roles yeah do you know like with lads you'll have that all the time you'll, you'll always have that you know look at him fucking loser you yeah. shit car yeah and that guy with the shit car probably has more money than you'll ever have because he's minding his money he's four houses yeah he's that, a landlord that, that's an Irish thing yeah that's an Irish thing but you, when it comes to media, like you, how do you do it? Like, you must have just a way bigger brain than me. Because I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching all this and I train. I'm a stupid man. I didn't finish school. And how am I... I didn't only, finish school. I know, but how, how am I... How do I get to this age, about 35 to 40 something years of age, only figuring out weird things in the world? Like how crooked everything is. We just swallow everything up. Yeah. Without questioning. Without questioning. Like it's crazy. I, I listen to my kids coming home from school and they're getting prizes for coming in second and third and it's just for participating. <laughs> I'm there. I'm really uncomfortable with this. <laughs> Why? Because it's not life. It's not life. What? You're getting, you're uncomfortable because your kids would get a participation prize. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with that softening of them. But is that not giving them a little bit of drive to do a little bit better next time? No, it doesn't. What is it? It shows them that, actually, look, it, it, the, the person that puts in the effort to really win, yeah. it takes it away from them. 
Okay. What was the point? Yeah. The, the, well, you, see, I, you see, I don't know because I'm the fella that didn't take part in anything. I was fat in school and I was bullied and I didn't want to take part in it. I'd forget my PE gear and I just wouldn't take part in anything. So was I. So I, I was the same in school. I had not a good time in school. Yeah. I was bullied too. That, but that doesn't mean that it made me weaker. But there was no encouragement for us to say, come on, bring in your PE gear. Do, you know. Yeah. There'll be a little chocolate bar for you at the end, you little fatso. But there was different stuff. You were, <laughs> you were probably got, you got more time at home. Something gave you the drive you had to get a job. Was it the fact that you knew you wouldn't have any money unless you did? No, what gave me the drive was my dad was a guard and I left school when I was 16 and it was the talk of the village. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The guard's son left school. <gasps> Do you know? Like, and I, talk, I spoke about this in my own podcast. There was like three things growing up. If you ever got pumped at a teenage disco. What the fuck is that? It was a scandal. Did you never hear that? Pumped? Yeah, where they'd bring you into the hospital and they'd pump Why? you out with this charcoal oh. stuff. Because you had, <laughs> you had too much drink. So there was three, yeah, there was like three big scandals when you're growing up. You get pumped after a teenage disco, you left school or you got pregnant. And I felt like those were the three big scandals of a, of a teenager. Right. And I, um, when I left school, the principal of the school told me I was a fool and that I'd never be anything without a leaving cert. And they're exa- that's exactly what he said to me. He says, you'll never be anything without a leaving cert. Yeah, it's mad. And then in fifth year, he convinced me to come back and give it a go for a week or two. And he said, come on back in. And I said, I missed a year. And he says, come on in, you might, blah, blah. And I went in and I was there about two days. And I said, no, nothing's changed. But that was in my head for about 10 or 15 years. Him in the back of my head, I'd hear him every day saying, you'll never be anything without a leaving cert. You'll never be anything. And then I was like, no, fuck him. Hmm. But that was dangerous. Because I was trying to prove him wrong as quick as I could that I was bypassing all these other steps just to prove this prick wrong that, that just spurted something out because he's the principal of a school. But that's healthy when you're a teenager. You know, that yeah. gave you the drive then as a teenager. It, if you were still thinking that now, you'd have psychological problems. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking now. it up until probably the age of 30, 32. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And like I was in a dark place at some stages thinking, you know, I have to be something. I have to be something. Yeah. And then you're like, what the fuck is something? Yeah, or something. Th- that's the thing. I remember being in the machine up? thinking the same thing. God, yeah. is this my life? Is this it? I remember when I was on the lorry, I remember getting up in the morning at half four and walking across the road and tears in my eyes thinking, oh my God, I hate this. I hate this. But I had to go because I had kids and I had all those things. And now when... You're not now. I'm not worried about money as much. I'm making money. I'm paying my bills, and it's still hard. Everything's still hard. Nothing changes. And then it gives you a different view on when you see on the media and everyone now everyone hates the rich. You know the poor again, the rich. I don't know who has it better. You know when you don't have money, you don't have a lot of worries. But the guy that has loads of money, he has a shit loads of worries. Has shit loads of problems. You see your man rocking around in his Porsche. You think he was a great life. He probably wants to drive it into a wall. And, you know, you've hit the nail on the head there because I do a lot of work with uh, country music singers. Hmm. And I work with one country music singer who's a one-man band and he's out seven nights a week hmm. gigging. And all he wants to do is be the man with the band and the truck. Yeah. And the five uh, artists behind, the five musicians behind him. And the man with the truck only wants to be the one-man band. Yeah. And the two of them want to be each other. It's, it's all relative. Yeah. Life's hard for everyone. Like, everybody has it hard. Nobody has it easy. If you're progressing through life, no matter how slow, it's always hard. Was there a, was there a realisation for you, or did, was there ever a day where you said, I am something, I'm, I'm happy now, or yeah. I'm a little bit more yeah. content? When was that? Yeah. Um, the kids. The kids. I, I, I never... And I'm, I think most... I think most men, when they get older, like me, you want to do less. You, you just want to be at home. You just want to chill out with the kids. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of about myself is I, I know now I have enough. If I had nothing else now, I, I have enough. Once I'm at home at night, and I'm, I'm also always chronically aware how slow, how fast time passes. Yeah. So time is important to me. And I try and take in the kids. And sometimes when I'm having dinner at night and all the kids are there and we're eating and because I remember how shit 
everything can be. And don't forget that shit. It's always there how stressful that is and the worry of paying bills and of having food and all those things. And you're there, wow, this is, this is, I want this moment now. Christmas. Christmas is so important. When I get the kids to bed at Christmas, there's moments like that where you go, oh, God, yeah, I never Christmas want this is, to go. It's definitely a magical time of the year, mm. like when Santa's coming and yeah. the elf on the shelf. and mm. yeah. But when you were on about there those mornings, you were going to the machine and you were crying. Yeah. When did that stop? Did that stop when the kids came along as well? Or did it stop before that? No, do we, do you just, you'll always have moments like that. that. You can have moments like that now. But what I find interesting is that you hated that job. I hate it. And you're still doing the same job. Yeah, I but changed. But now you love it. Yeah, but I changed my perception of it. Yeah, that's really it's interesting. It's all in my head. Because so most of, people would say, I need to get out of this job. I hate this job. I need a new job. I thought about that loads of times. And then I was like, no, I'm good at this. Right, so I made some little decisions in my head. I got a little piece of paper. Okay. Am I good at this job? Yes. Can I do it? Yes. Do I have to train to get better? Maybe put a little bit more effort into it. Can I make money at it? Hell yeah. What do I have to do? You give up time at home. You give up time with my kids. I give up time with my wife. And I put effort into it. As much effort as I can. I was driving. Re- and I just changed the way I think about it. So I stopped thinking about the future. And I started thinking day by day. I stopped worrying about my week in the wood. I started getting, right, I'm going to get to the wood. So I'm going to listen to music on the way down to the machine without thinking about the day. And then I get into the machine. And then audiobooks, podcasts. And I was like, right, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get the day out of my head by filling it with stuff. And that's how I just got through my day. Right? I have 12 hours here I can drive automatically. And I'm going to fill my head with shit. Listen to music. I had demarcation on my day. Music one end, information on the other. So I was going to work, I was making money, and I was learning something. And that's what I've done. That Do you have any goals at the minute? Yes. What are they? I take little goals at a time. So one of them is getting a house built. And the second one is, this, this is what I'm trying to do. This house, is this going to be your forever house? Yeah. Yeah. And where, where is that at the moment? Um, it's near my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the plan, in the grand scheme of the goal, where, where are you at with it? Oh, um, so percolation's passed. <laughs> okay. And we're going we're gonna to try and build it without mortgage. Try. What? I'm going to try. I'm oh, try. look at us. It's the poor against the rich, he said five minutes ago. That, and we're going to build it without a mortgage. We, I'm, a I'm building Jake. this. I'm, we, have, we sold our house. So we sold my house that I bought in 2005. I bought that and we sold it. And we're Did you make a shitload of money? I made a few pounds on it. But it, we sold it really quick. It was actually really stressful, a scary time. Why? Because, right, we wanted to get a mortgage. And Vicky didn't want to be there anymore. So we said we'd move. And the banks told us, just sell the house and we'll give you a mortgage. No right. problem. Okay. So that sounds good. We'll sell the house. Got a phone call a couple of weeks later. And they literally said, we're good news and we have bad news. So what's the good news? We sold the house. What's the bad news? You have to be out in two weeks. Stop. We have three kids and we know to go. Is this during lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just had to find somewhere and we couldn't find anywhere. And we found that house and like we were so lucky to find it. And it's in Cameras and the kids are in school in Cameras. That's where I'm from, by the way. Cameras. Cameras for Sam. Mm. And um, yeah, we were lucky enough to get that house. Thought for a while that we'd get to buy it, but it didn't work out. Yeah. And then when we wanted to buy a site, we went into the bank. I've had money problems before. So remember, I've had money problems. I know how shit gets and how scary that can be. And anyone can get back there in the morning. I could get back there in the morning in, the, in a heartbeat. So I said, uh, right, we want to get a house and we don't want to build a massive house. But the banks wanted to do the site. They wanted to do the house. They started telling us because we're second time buyers that we need 20%. And because there's such an overrun on building costs and stuff now that they wanted a contingency. And deposit-wise, they were going to look for nearly our life savings. We talked about it. And I was like, I'm doing it. If I'm going to try. I have a place to live right now. Mm. So we'll buy a site and we'll try and build a house bit by bit. Even if it takes me four or five years. I know I can work hard. Yeah. 
So if I have to do it with my bare hands, I have great friends like Gary and Martin, my second best friend, who's now my eighth best friend because he never calls up to my house. <laughs> but I, I think that <coughs> I can get it done. <coughs> oh, if, if you're not a builder. Oh, I was a carpenter. Are you? Yeah. Oh, no. Look, there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I hope, I'm going to get this built, no problem. But even if I can get it up as far as the wall frame. Yeah. And I, then I, get a mortgage. I'll put on the wall frame for you. But you know what I mean? If I, I just, I don't want to be buried in debt my whole life. I'm yeah. 42. And uh, look, it might not work in a year and a half's time. I might just go get a mortgage. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. Yeah, but you're in a great place at the minute. You have this following. You're selling your merchandise. Everything is going well. And you're 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 at a place that that's achievable. But, but for the majority of people, it's not even achievable to get a mortgage. Never mind build a house without a mortgage. But it's never been easy for anyone to get a mortgage. Yeah. Like we, I remember people telling me when I was a young lad working in the wood, lads that would be after getting a mortgage. Remember, I think the interest rates were crazy at the time. If you, Back in the 70s, to get a mortgage was just as hard. You were only on 300 euro a week. It's never been easy. Yeah. Nothing's ever going to get easier. Yeah. So you, you just can, you have to work with what you have. I have one more question for you. Mm. You talk about your money problems a lot mm. and that it was a turning point in your life. Mm. Is there anything that stands out in your mind? Is there any moment or any particular item you had or you didn't have that was like the, the pinnacle of your money problems? Is there anything where you, you look back at and you say, Jesus. I shouldn't have bought that. Or do you remember I had that? Or do you remember I had to do that because I had no money? I had to get rid of it. Yeah. What was, the, what was the lowest? What was the lowest, lowest point of having the money problems? No Having no money. Uh, what would have been? There's a couple. There's a couple. So we used to go out all the time, me and my friends. And it's only now I look back and I used to think, we only, I only went out because I didn't want to miss anything. Or I wanted Formal. to get a woman or something. Everyone else was going out, so you go out. And we dump money. We just get rid of money. There was no end to it. And we... Like doing rounds and stuff and just, just drinking just shots. Just go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you'd be out all the time. Right. You'd buy, if your clothes were dirty, you'd go buy new clothes. It was just ridiculous. And I remember when all that went to fuck. And I remember we'd go to soccer once a week, maybe twice a week, over in Portlaoise. We'd all play soccer. And it was five euro. And I remember nights, I couldn't go. I had to lie. And lads not telling other lads what their problems were. I wouldn't tell my friends. If my friends knew I had them problems, they'd help me. No problem. But I had done so many stupid things. It's like, I have friends that tell me, you're not going to pay 65, 70 grand for a fucking car, are you? And I go, yeah, of course I am. It's fucking, I want one. Yeah. I look fucking cool, really. <laughs> and then you're going, hey, can I have five euro for soccer? So you, you, your, your brain wouldn't, wouldn't let you do that. And then, when I needed to get to work one time, I bought pink. I Now, remember, I had 530 BMW. I had sexy cars. And I got to a stage where I had to have this little 800cc pink Opel Aguila going to work. And I remember pulling up in Portumna one morning and I was filling it with petrol. And these lads were in a van. They were like, hey, nice fucking car. Loser, yeah. Really? Yeah. And I was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. And what were they driving? They were in a transit or whatever. Look, when I was young, I'd probably laugh at someone in a pink car as well going to work at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. But it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's interesting seeing this other side to you. And, like, and the, the podcast is only going to go from strength to strength because ah, it's letting you... It's, you're so nice. It's giving you that outlet. You're that, not just good looking. He's awesome. No, nice. I'm not good looking at all. That's why I hide behind the microphone uh, all the stop time. Stop now. Sorry. Yeah. But are you excited about it over the next I'm, 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 I've been looking forward to this. And I'm also looking forward to doing something new. And the fact that I don't know what I'm doing, I had to, like I have you and you're going to help me and Gary's after helping me build the room. And, but I, I'm excited about learning how to do it. And I want to talk to people. I want to explain to people that, you know, life is complicated and I want people to be able to get their stories out there. And what's really nice about podcasts is that you're not... You're not under any pressure to get so many views or no, streams or... it's just chatting. Whoever wants to listen to it can listen yeah, to it. Yeah. There it is. It's there for you to listen to. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't. And it's not going to be for mm. everyone. And there's so many people out there that have interesting stories. And they're just normal people. It's not famous Jack wanting to sell a book and yeah. come on and talk about his life. Yeah. It's the, the most interesting people. And are you going to be talking to some of these people? I'm hoping to. 
I'm hoping to. I have a few people coming on. I have um, Shane Flynn. He's going to come on once uh, a month. And when it comes to fitness and mental health, when I watch his stories, he's the one that I always connected with the most and I've got to know him and he's going to come on. He mightn't tell everyone what they want to hear, but it's definitely what they need to hear. He's a he's a genius when it comes to stuff like that. And I'm hoping to get, you know, you're going to come on and help me. <laughs> I'm walk already me, here. I'm on. Walk me I'm through. on. Well, hopefully in a more uh, chatty, okay. kind of a, a laugh sort of a way. As long as you don't bring the dog. I know I've already said final question, but here's the very last one. And I'm going to talk to Gary then. Yeah. How would David Cuddy describe himself to somebody that's never seen him or heard him? I am a 42 year old second generation logger, father, brother, husband, and I just want to get through life and figure it out. That's all. What type of person are you? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Complicated. Complicated? Yeah. Why? Complicated. Um, because I'm always trying to figure out, is it, I get all freaked out when it comes to consciousness. There's probably a story for another time. Like you never switch off? Not that you can never switch off, but there's always something in the back of my mind. When I was younger, I used to not believe in God. I used to think all that stuff was shit. Yeah. And then the more you learn and the more you read and the more you figure out about consciousness and quantum physics and all those things. And then when you start to do a little bit of meditation and you do the odd psychedelic, you, you go, okay, maybe we don't really know what's going on here. Maybe there's, there's something happening. And it's like, we all know where the control center is, but we don't know where the commander is. And I'm always wondering, like, is this me or is this something I'm doing? I have no idea what you're after saying. <laughs> <laughs> there so you let, go. Let's, let's pick that, that, that up. <laughs> that's, that's why I think I'm complicated. Yeah, that's for episode four of the <laughs> podcast. Talk to Gary there about the room. What's the story with this room? Is it going to be available for other people to come into or what's well, the crack? When I decided I wanted to do a podcast, uh, me and Gary were chatting one morning. Gary's a good friend of mine and we um, worked together up in the forest for a while and then he used to stay in my house and we were talking about building a podcast room and when we said we were going to do it, we were going to do it right. And then when we went to look, because we went looking to rent out a space and we wanted something that we could grow and do YouTube channels and have, have a channel and have audio, visual, everything. And we said, fuck it, we'd build our own and make it as top class as we could. And hopefully if people wanted to rent it out and have a real nice space. What do you think of it? I honestly think it's the coolest podcast studio I've ever been in. And not just, I'm not just saying that. Uh, it's top class, you know. Mm. T- what's, where did the timber come from, from the side, Gary? Uh, so, yeah, a friend of mine. Um, Keep this close to your face now because I picked wrong seats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Come on. Yeah, no. Um, Make love to it. A friend of mine, um, Jerry, uh, just bought a big milling saw. So we got the logs in and he milled all the logs for me for doing this live edge. Uh, timber. When you say milled now, like what does that mean? Just uh, cut it cut, up into slices. Cut the planks, yeah, right. Because it had to be real. Like you couldn't, you couldn't wallpaper this in, you know. And do you have? A, do you come from a timber background? Yeah. When I left school, I went went off into the buildings and went away to the states working. So um, you went over to America working. Yeah, I just did the leaving cert and headed off. Really? Fucking hell! There's a podcast in that as well. Yeah, Armed with there. a sleeping bag and a phone number and a Cadillac. And a can of coke. And a Cadillac. Um, <laughs> what kind of timber is it? Uh, so this is, there's larch and spruce. Class. So, um, but no, it came out well. And I suppose the way the cladding is set up, say it's overlapping and stuff, it's going to diffuse the sound a good bit as well. Yeah. So. Um, oh, it's so unique. I'm all about sound diffusing. <laughs> yeah, myself and David have this thing about big words, don't we? <laughs> Gary, Gary, yeah. T, Gary sends me big words. Get that into a story. I'll yeah, try, I'll try. I don't, uh, I don't always like to sound uh, intelligent, but sometimes I just throw, throw in photosynthesis <laughs> there <Yeah>. <laughs> into a sentence. <laughs> you know, ah, it's top class. It's brilliant. So, uh, how are, how can people then come in and book it, or what's the story? Cabin one eleven. Cabin one eleven. Yeah. So. We're just going to get that up and running and get a booking system in and we'll take it from there. So it'll start. We're just going to start small, be a slow burn, get it up and running. 
But yeah. Anyone that wants to come in, like, because it's such a good marketing tool for businesses as well. So like, you know, if you were running a particular, if you're bringing out a organic seaweed moisturizer and you want to, you know, talk to other people about it and try it out and, and you know, podcasts are a great I way. did organic moisturizer, <laughs> seaweed <laughs> moisturizer come in straight away. Why was that the first thing that came to your mind? Because I was talking to somebody about it on the way up in That's the car. Matter. Yeah. You wouldn't and know I, what's going to come out of your mouth. And I was talking to them about um, podcasts and I was just saying that like it's a good way to, it's a, their podcasts are a great way for people to build their brand and to, to get that trust with people, you know, mm. um, and especially products like that. Everything's like everything's a gimmick now. Do you know? I, I watch um, American politics now because I find it so interesting. Would you ever go into Irish politics? No, 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 because they're so crooked. Yeah, but do you not shirt. have the opportunity to go in and no, un- no. uncrook at them? No. <laughs> if you have a four-year cycle where people are trying for four years to get in, and then when they get in, they're trying to stay in, and everyone's trying to appease the masses. Yeah, but that's where politics is going to be left behind, because they, they're, not, they're not tapping into influencers or social media. Yeah, fair enough, they buy ads and they run up to a marketing campaign. There was a politician up at us and he was on Instagram every every day of the week. I'm here now and I'm outside Mary's house and Mary has a problem with her water and mm. I'm going to sort that. The second he got elected, he hasn't used his Instagram since. Yeah, but but he'll be all over it's it. It's too difficult for him. Once they're in politics, they have so many people, you can't do this. Can't yeah, do but that. what I'm saying is somebody like David Cuddy that has a, a good following that could potentially get things done. Couldn't. You'd get in quicker. No, no, I can't even get stuff done now. That's because you're nobody. I'm nobody. Everyone's a nobody. Yeah. It's a, it, we, our, our government is supposed to do that. But look at the control we're giving to our government now. Yeah, but that's what I'm For, saying to you. Would you not go in there and, sh- and upscuttle things? No, because everyone hates you. Everyone, you might. No, I'd, I'd never be able to do that. 50% of the demographic wouldn't vote for me anyway, because they'd have a vagina. They'd hate <sighs> me. Yeah, I, I doubt that's true. Uh, most of them. Right. Can people um, contact you during the week? How do they contact you? Uh, Instagram page is The Wood From The Trees. Facebook page is The Wood From The Trees. That's podcast related. What are you looking for? What are you looking to achieve over the next few months? Are you looking for people's stories? Are you looking for emails? Are you lo- what, do you, what do you want to do? So if someone has a story they want to tell, if they have an opinion they want to give without being shouted down, if uh, they want to promote an interest in business or something or an idea, just uh, get on to me. You're going to be inundated with people saying, can I have a plug for this and can I have a plug for that? Well, you'll, you'll always have that. But if it's something that's plugging, something that's going to actually help people, I have no problem. Right. You're not like you're not going to open up a 10 minute segment for Muaz. No, what's that? Makeup artists. There be, no, there'll be no makeup artists. <laughs> there'll be no makeup artists. <laughs> None of that. No. Did you not notice that during lockdown, everyone put Mua at the end of their Instagram page? I never noticed there that. There must have been no. a YouTube tutorial or something. No, I never, <laughs> I, I never noticed that. Did you not? No. All no. oh, right. Must I started, be a Mayo I, thing then. I started a campaign during the lockdown called I'm Essential. And yeah. Some people thought it was funny. Other people thought it was fucking terrible. Why? Uh, You're not sh- essential. Cutting down trees. Killing everything. Murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet they're using wood and paper yeah, all day, arse, every day. Paper, the yeah. whole lot. Yeah. There you get that lot. You get that lot. Sick in your hole. Lemon. Right. Sign out there. Let us hear your sign out. I love you all. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>